You're listening to a podcast on Catholic Saints. This podcast is produced by the Augustan Institute, an apostolate helping Catholics understand, live, and share their faith. Hello and welcome to our four-part series on St. Francis de Sales and the character of a Christian. My name is Ben Akers, I'm the Executive Director of Formed, and joining me today in this conversation is Dr. Christopher Bloom, who is the Academic Dean at the Augustine Institute Graduate School of Theology, as well as being a translator of two works of St. Francis de Sales and the host of True Reformers, which you can find on Formed, where one of the key episodes is on St. Francis de Sales. St. Francis de Sales is a great spiritual master mm. of the spiritual life. And our conversation is going to be talking about four characteristics, four essential traits mm -hmm. of a Christian that we find in his work. Mm -hmm. Christian should be obedient, should be attentive, should be sincere, and should be brave. Before we dive into that, tell me a little bit about St. Francis de Sales. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he's a, just a spectacular saint, 1567 to 1622, Ben, in the Counter-Reformation period, you know, uh, felt the stirring in his soul for holy priesthood, uh, really from a very young age, somewhere around the age of 10, something like that. Uh, kept that sort of between himself and God for quite some time. Uh, when um, he was a student, he would study study theology outside of his, uh, his regular coursework. And then uh, when he came home from his law degree in Northern Italy, he told his father, the Lord wants me to be a, a priest. And uh, his father was kind of shocked because he was the eldest son of a noble family and was going to be a senator of the region and so on. Um, but uh, seeing his son's determination uh, gave, gave his consent. De Sales became a, a priest. He was a missionary for about uh, four years in a Calvinist area, not too far from his hometown of Geneva. And then at a very young age was a bishop and served with great distinction as a bishop for the last 20 years of his life. One of the things that I remember receiving this actual copy right here of this Introduction to the Devout Life uh, was uh, 25 years ago, and I was first introduced to the Introduction to Devout Life. Mm -hmm. And this is called a spiritual classic. Mm -hmm. uh, when you mm -hmm. look at all the books that we can read in, written by saints and doctors of the church, this one stands among others. Uh, what's the occasion of him writing this work? Mm -hmm. So he was... Um uh, he, he, he had a life in the southern part of France there, not too far from Geneva, that um, maybe isn't too dissimilar to our quarantine existence over this past year. Uh, he, he was accustomed to um, being in a larger world, bigger cities and so forth. And so, so were some of the people around him. But he found himself in a situation where he had to do spiritual direction by correspondence. And one of his correspondents was a young woman, a distant cousin of his, who had married a local nobleman had to leave behind her uh, sort of full and vibrant life in Paris and in Normandy and come down to a place where all she could hear was cowbells. Uh, and uh, frankly, it was, it was very depressing for her. Uh, so she struck up a, an epistolary relationship with this, with this older, wise cousin of, of hers. And DeSales realized he had, he had to do with someone who really could handle, was, was ready for very sophisticated instruction. Uh, so he wrote a series of letters to her that really became this book. She then innocently showed it to the priest who was physically close at hand, you know, a mile away or something. And he said, this is amazing. This must be published for the wow. good of souls. Okay. Uh, and that was the birth of the book. 
was it an instant success? Oh, How was it received? Absolutely, okay. yeah. No, it was a tremendous success right out the gate. Uh, one of the most well-read books in the French language in the 17th century and ever since. Uh, it shows up in every major European language within 100 years. It's never been out of print. Um, so it, it really struck people. And of course, what's, what's uh, beautiful about it is that it retains the tone of this personal heart-to-heart -heart address to this correspondent. Um, there's even a couple places in the book where you can tell, if you're reading carefully, that DeSales, as the editor of his own letters, forgot to take a couple things out. Hmm. You know, does any example come to mind? Uh, yeah, there's something that's there's a little bit of advice buried in the right in the middle of the book, which is evidently addressed to a young woman. Mm -hmm. And you just sort of say, oh, whoops, he forgot to universalize that one. You know, <laughs> right. Well, when I read this and I see the the letters are addressed to Philothea, was that the mm -hmm. cousin's name? Oh, no, no, no. She had Jeanne or Marie or something like this. So what is yeah. it? What does that mean? Philothea when I'm reading that? Yeah, friend of God. Friend of God. OK. Yeah. In the feminine. Right. So, sure. Yeah. So he's referring not only to a real person that he's writing to and giving his spiritual direction, but he's, as you mentioned, trying to universalize these mm -hmm. these truths. And mm -hmm. oftentimes, sometimes spiritual writers will put the soul and the feminine. Exactly. Kind of be receptive to God's grace. Yes, in their life. both in Latin and in French, it's already in feminine. Okay. So you're kind of stuck there linguistically. <laughs> sure. But yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. um, when he's writing and he's reading, he's writing this uh, this work and he's considering this person that's in front of him. Do you think he knew that this was going to be a significant work besides the cousin receiving it and mm. then the you know hearing from this the the local priest do you think when he sat you know pen to paper that he was mm -hmm. you know wanting to make a spiritual treatise yeah that's a great that's a great question i've never actually tried to answer that i mean of course there's no there's no evidence mm -hmm. to work with in that in that regard he he was a tremendously humble man with a humility that manifested itself in an, in an extraordinary dutifulness. So, you know, sacrament of the present moment kind of thing, whatever he needed to do, he dropped everything and did it type thing. Um, and so he's a bishop when he's writing these letters. And this is a man who's sleeping four hours a night. Mm. Uh, so he's doing this around the edges of a day that's got 20 hours of work and prayer in it. It's an, it's an amazing thing. Um, but let, let me let me hazard a, a, an affirmative answer to your question. Yeah. Okay, this is this is a reading man. He's aware that in the in the 16th century, so he, this is about 1607, 1608 when he's writing these letters. He's aware that uh, over the previous 75 years or so, there've been various attempts to frame what you, what we might call, for lack of a better word, Christian self help books. Okay. Okay. Um, it's it's the Renaissance. It's a time when people are leaving behind a kind of medieval life of um, the nobility constantly being at war. There's a there's a question. Okay, so I'm I'm a noble man or a noble woman. Just what kind of life am I supposed to be living? How do I live a life that is, is responsible now that I no longer have to strap a sword on? You know. Right. And so there are these there are these books and and DeSales is responding to two of the most significant of those books. Um, with the introduction of the about life. The, the one, the French, is, is Michel de Montaigne's Essays, and the other, an Italian book, was called The Courtier uh, by Castiglione. Is he, uh, he's, he's writing against them? Oh, okay. Yeah, so he, he wants to. And in the reading that we've, we've got in front of us for today, uh, I chose because it, it shows us what the first principle is, exactly how this book is different from the 
these other self-help or what you might call Renaissance self-fashioning books, mm -hmm. right? In the, in the Renaissance period, it was common for the wealthy to make kind of an art of their life. And what it turns into, in the case of Castiglione especially, but certainly also Montaigne, is a lot of looking in the mirror, you mm, know? There's right. a kind of unhealthy self-examination in there. Am, am I quite, you know, here's how I'd like to be, am I quite there, right. you know? And what De Sales is doing here at the devout, in the, right out the gate with the devout life, and then as we see at the end in the examination of conscience, is he saying, no, you, you don't need to look at yourself. You need yeah. to look at Jesus. Right. That's, a, that's always good advice. That's, yeah. So it's interesting yeah. that there's nothing new under the sun, that even in the Renaissance, they have the Barnes & Noble self-help section. Uh, and then what we need is not to root our spirituality in ourselves, but to orient it to, to Christ and Christ crucified. Mm -hmm. If you're uh, following along, if you're watching this on TV or watching this on computer, there is a nine-page handout uh, that Dr. Bloom has translated for us from the original French, the Introduction to Devout Life. And the th virtue that we want to talk about in this particular episode after that introduction to who St. Francis de Sales is and the little brief history of this work is obedience or devotion mm -hmm. is, is the first kind of virtue you want to highlight. Um, and so if you'd like to follow along, that's a PDF that you can read. Introduction to Devout Life is also an ebook on Formed if you'd like to you know, download the whole work. But this is a little teaser for you to dive deeply into the text. And he calls the work Introduction to the Devout Life. He says devotion, as we in the text, it's a virtue. Mm -hmm. What does he mean by devotion being a virtue? And how does that differ from, uh, say, mm -hmm. the love of God, the love of neighbor that we find in charity? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he... He wants to say it's a, a virtue uh, because it's a more or less permanent disposition of the soul, right? Yeah. So what we're talking about here, as, as we intend to do here over the next three episodes too, right, is, is a question of our character, who, who we are when no one's looking, right? Who we are in front of our guardian angel and the Lord and that's it, right? Uh, in front of the mirror by ourselves. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh you know what it what's stamped on our soul right um and that's that's why we're using the language of virtue here um and as as you know uh, uh de sales is following aquinas aquinas has a very ornate um architecture of the virtues lots of different qualities of soul some major some minor and it's true, devotion, as the name of a quality of the soul, is going to be a minor virtue. It's going to be a kind of, uh, well, as DeSales says, right, it's like a flame leaping forth from the fire mm. that is charity. I did. I like that in the, in the text when I read that. that and, and one of the things that jumped out was that it's, he's so full of these vivid images from nature, this, mm -hmm. along with the scriptural images mm -hmm. that he brings out. Uh, so you have to be really steeped in the scriptural uh, language uh, to understand some of this. Oh, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So this. So, so fire to flame is the is the image that he uses for devotion to that's, charity. That's the image, and of course, the explanation is that um, l l love is a question of where, as it were, the object of our of our desire, and then what devotion is going to add to the love of God is uh, a, a kind of care or diligence, or promptness, or swiftness to respond. These are some of the words that he uses. Mm -hmm. um, apt and ready jumped out at me. Yes. The soul is apt and ready to do. Exactly, what, what exactly. So it's a, one of the distinctions he makes here is that 
if if we love God, we're going to uh, keep his commandments, as Jesus tells us, John 15, right? A very famous passage. But if we're devout, then we also want to do whatever he counsels us interiorly. We're going to be listening for those interior inspirations and sort of living our life by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So it's not just charity is not living the life of the Christian life is not just checking boxes mm-hmm. not just being obedient. That there's something more is what he means by this devoutness. He, he does. He does. Yeah. And, and I, and I think the word obedience here is one that's really, really worth wrestling with for, for us. Right. Because it just means checking it, just keeping the rules. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what it sounds just like. Do to, what you're told. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Are you going to obey or not? You're going right. to pay your taxes. You're yeah. going to, you know, you're going to show up to mass on time, you know, uh, but for for de sales and and at a certain point here he does use the word obedience or obey the verb obey he also uses fulfill at a certain point with respect to god's wishes right and the notion here is it's kind of akin to um uh the 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 way in which we receive a, a request or a command even from somebody we love really dearly and and a for whose good we we are um, especially um, you know devoted or something like this, right? So I mean, I naturally think of my wife, mm-hmm. right? Now I don't want I don't want to hold myself up as some kind of perfect husband, right? I mean, it's not it's not the case that every time my wife asks me to take the dog out, I jump off the couch, <laughs> you know? Oh, I can't wait to take the dog out, you know? By no means. Um, uh, nevertheless, uh, my 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 goal in life right is is in, in in some as far as marriage is concerned right is in some sense to to do whatever my wife needs me to do mm-hmm. right um and and if i were ever asked the question you know what where where in the ranking of things in your life stand your your wife's desires and question you know her you know, she asked me, can we do such and such as a family or can we do such and such for our daughter or something like this? The, the answer is that's at the top of the list. Right. You know? Yes, you see priority. Tem- yeah. temper- temporally speaking, right? I mean, obviously she doesn't ask me to do things that God would not approve of. Uh, but, um, and, that, and this, this I think is a way in to what DeSales thinks the virtue of devotion is, right? It's, it's a kind of habitual readiness to, to hear what God's pleasure is. Hmm. and to do it that's beautiful and difficult when you start to sit still and listen and examine yourself and that's one of the things that really struck me when i was reading this section that you gave us from the introduction to the devout life is he has an examination of conscience Mm -hmm. so even there's just a page one start starting this journey of growing in virtue as a christian disciple of christ he says pause Mm -hmm. and put yourself in the presence of the lord and examine yourself. Mm-hmm. Is, is this is this just good spiritual practice? Is this well? Common, it, 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 it is. I mean, uh, uh, actually, that I, I tricked mm-hmm. you because that examination is right from the end of the book, oh. and I put it together. The, the end is in the beginning. The end okay. is in, well, and, and because because in fact it, the end is in the beginning here, right? I mean, the, one of the difficult things about the introduction of devout life is that he he actually assumes that you want to be devout, right? right. So there is zero on ramp in this book. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> right. if, you, if you have this book in your hand, you, you better engaged, be ready. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, if you want to actually read it, you better, you better be ready. <laughs> um, so it's not, it's not strange to look at this examination of conscience together at the beginning because it, 
it is what he has in mind, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a very beautifully spare examination of conscience. Every question is really a question about our loves, about our desire, right? Um, and it comes to a kind of crescendo in that seventh question about about Jesus. You know, what do what do we think about Jesus? Do we think about Jesus? You know, right. or do do we love him more than we love fill in the blank? Right. You know, Cheerios or something. I don't know. No, we, that last question just stands out. What right. have I given up for love of Jesus? Right. Exactly. Yeah, it kind of just hangs there. What have I given up for love of Jesus? That, that's the test. Yeah. That is the test. Yeah. What would you, in just a short amount of time that we have remaining, um, if I'm reading this for the first time, so it makes sense to me that the examination is at the end of the book, and now mm-hmm. we put it at the beginning in our reading uh, to this conversation, because you want to reread this. Mm-hmm. You know, one. You know, it's not just I read the chapter, check, I'm done. Next, I, I grew in virtue on this, and then I'm going to move on to the next virtue. Mm-hmm. How would you advise someone who's reading and encountering this text for the first time? Mm-hmm. Uh, be not afraid. I think, yeah, <laughs> uh, I've I've heard I've heard from a lot of people that they start the introduction of outlife and um, find the ascent pretty steep. I mean, you don't have to read very many pages before he tells you that an hour of mental prayer or contemplative prayer every day mm-hmm. is the starting point, right? Right Now, that's, that's a very high bar, right? And I think what we can say without, without being so bold as to just disagree with a saint, right? I think what we can say is he's assuming a life of leisure here. He's assuming a life in which people have domestic servants, for instance, okay? So we, we can make some allowances here. I mean, if, if, if we're just starting on this journey, we, we might say, okay, well, I'm, I'm gonna devote the first half hour of my life to the Lord, and I'm gonna hope that that involves as much mental prayer as I can squeeze in there, you know, uh, or whatever it might be. Um, we, get, we get started as we can. So the best thing to do is to start. Yes. And to listen. Yes. And to just be with the text. And so if you if you decide to take up this challenge and listen to St. Francis de Sales, to sit at the feet of a spiritual master, a man who's fully converted to Jesus Christ and as a pastor of souls and wants you too to know Jesus as he knows him, I want you just to read through the text slowly. It's only nine pages. You can you can handle it. You can do it. Today we're talking about the one of the key characteristics of a Christian, which is obedience. Next session we're going to be talking about attentiveness. Thank you for joining us, and God bless. You can watch these interviews in video format by visiting form.org. Formed is an online Catholic streaming service created by the Augustan Institute and Ignatius Press, with award-winning studies and parish programs, inspiring audio content, movies, e-books, and family-friendly kids programming. To support the mission of the Augustan Institute, please visit missioncircle.org.